are you guys doing? This is Nick Smith, formerly, I guess, known within Instagram and whatnot as Nick Abstract. Um, this is the first podcast I've ever done, the first time I've ever legitimately sat in front of a microphone in my own kitchen and uh, had a conversation with myself for other people to hear, which is sort of a bizarre thing to take part in. But you know what? Screw it, man. I feel like podcasts and long-form conversations have been badly needed for quite some time. Um, you know, these days with Instagram and Twitter and everything being very clickbaity and a lot of stuff being, you know, not so nuanced, I think it's a good time to have podcasting as a platform for people to kind of chit-chat, talk ideas out, and, uh, you know, just share different things. So without further ado... Just like to let you guys know this podcast is for artists, creatives, you know, in any people of any sort of background or anything to maybe think through some of their own personal passions and hear stories from myself or maybe some of my buddies on ways that we've tried to stay creative, stay inspired, and, um, you know, just overall stay creative. I, I, I know it can be pretty tricky and staying creative in these times is a bit bizarre given that it's... I was going to say in the middle of COVID, but we've been, we've been in COVID for quite some time in 2020. So, um, yeah, I'll just let you guys know, I guess, uh, the range of topics I'm going to discuss today are, um, what I do as an artist, uh, shared things that I've learned, maybe shedding some light on perspectives of my own, as well as opening the door for you guys who are listening to let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know what your passions are, things that you're pursuing, things you're trying to do. And, um, yeah, I'd love to hear, I'd love to share some of those anecdotes on the podcast and just kind of talk them out. I think there needs to be a much wider open dialogue within the art world as well. You know, sometimes I hear stories about artists who, I mean, it's kind of a long ended debate of people who are kind of anti mentorship in the art world where they feel as though, you know, some artists just need to learn everything just like they learned it and passing that information on and helping other people out is kind of not a step that needs to be done. But I'm kind of from the school of thought to where what's mine is yours. And, you know, if I, if I've learned something in my time that I can share with you and let you know that could maybe help you get to the next step of where you're trying to go, you know, it's in your best interest if I try to help you out. You know, I, I don't really see the benefit in not helping other people out. I don't know. But all of that aside, um, the goal of this podcast is just keeping people inspired and passionate about what they do. Um, so I guess first topic we can get into, um, explaining where I come from. Uh, you know, my name is Nick. I come from the middle of the United States of America in a very random state known as Indiana. And in Indiana, I grew up kind of out in the farm fields wasn't a whole lot around when I was growing up, but, um, you know, I was, I was about a half hour from the bit, the, the big city, Indianapolis, uh, lots of basketball playing was had. Indiana's kind of known for just, you know, barn basketball, people playing football, <laughs> just standard, uh, I don't know, just standard Midwest stuff. Indiana's not all that different from other Midwest cities, but you know, it's got its perks and whatnot. Um, explain what I do. 
I am an artist full-time, which is pretty crazy saying just now as I've worked a wide array of jobs previously. While I was working those jobs, what I was considering was, man, I just, I wish I could like pursue art or pursue this idea or, or you know, really take this passion and, and, and run with it and try to make that my full-time gig. And uh, I've been super duper fortunate and super lucky to have actually sustained my bills and whatnot and, and, and kind of kept afloat using my artwork and my passion, which is a bit ridiculous. I, I never thought I'd be in a position to try to make that happen. And it, it definitely hasn't been all sunshine and roses and rainbows and everything. There have been lots of difficult times and, you know, some weeks where you don't really take in a whole lot of money. And uh, sometimes at the end of the day, it's not really the money that matters so much as where where you're trying to go and what you're trying to do for other people. Um, so, yeah, that's just a general kind of where I come from, what I do. Um, some questions some people have asked are, you know, after they've seen some of my artwork, they say, you know, hey, what are you into? Like, where are you getting some of your inspiration? And, you know, what gets you going? What inspires you? Um, I would say, as of recently, I've been super inspired by architecture. And through doing a little bit of travel, I've been able to go to different cities, see different types of architecture, and also study online different architectural movements throughout history. That stuff's super interesting to me, like super crazy brutalist architecture, like Soviet socialist architecture is pretty ridiculous. Some of the stuff that they've built a long time ago is, you know, if you're from the United States, it's hard to imagine any of those building structures would ever get made. Um, I think it'd be, it'd be pretty crazy. It'd be a bit of a stretch to say some of those could be made in the United States. Um, but there, there's a little bit of brutalist architecture here in the States, which is pretty neat. Um, I think there's a couple buildings downtown Indy that are, I guess, brutalistic in nature. Another question, where do you get your passion from? Um, that's kind of a tricky question. I don't think passion comes from one exact place. And I think in order to find a person's passion, there has to be quite a deal of self-introspection that goes on within yourself. You know, I, I would say from my experience, working a bunch of different jobs, meeting a bunch of different people, and just kind of exposing yourself to a bunch of different things can, I guess, uh, uh, tighten the path for the things that you want to do. <laughs> By doing a lot of stuff you don't want to do, you realize the direction of things you do want to try to do. And through a wide array of different jobs and meeting other people, I've I've kind of been able to determine, hey, being an artist is tricky, but it's cool. It's a fun thing to do. It's a good thing to practice ideas out, learn to interact with the community, meet new people, and yeah, just, just try new things, I suppose. And uh I don't know that when I say things like this, it's not coming from a place of, yeah, I've got everything figured out, you know, and I'm an artist and I'm really cool. Like <laughs> being an artist in 2020 is super not cool. If I have to say so myself, it's generally pretty frowned upon. Um, it's met with a bit of skepticism, I would say. And, you know, th there's a lot of people that probably don't don't see where your path could lead um and that's perfectly fine i mean a lot of that is people 
whether it be family members or, or, or friends, concerned friends that are saying, you know, hey, how are you going to pay bills? How are you going to, how are you going to stay afloat? How are you going to get health insurance? Like all of those are super valid questions. And they're all things that I hope to touch on in this podcast and expand upon ways that I've kind of dealt with some of that internal conflict within myself and ways that I've maybe tried to keep those doubts at bay so that I can move forward because too much doubting and too much second guessing and overthinking, you, you end up not taking that second or third or fourth step and you end up kind of backing yourself into a corner. Uh, what is it like being an artist? Kind of just expanded upon that. Uh, super not cool, but the not coolness is actually what makes it cool. <laughs> I, that that, that kind of makes zero sense, but when you're doing something that's super new and super fresh or, or you're trying to do, like like me, for instance, I'm trying to paint these like wild abstract shapes and stuff in a downtown city that's surrounded by rural farmland. You know, like the, these people in my city haven't really seen these weird alien looking abstraction triangles and stuff. And like, it's not really their fault either that my stuff looks a bit weird to them. In fact, I think that's a good thing. It can be harder to sell an idea that is a little bit unorthodox or something people haven't seen. But if you pursue it and you try and you end up getting a couple people in in your, uh, what's the saying? You get a, you get a couple people in your corner, then eventually others start to see, oh, like I, I, oh, I get what he's trying to do now. Like I've, I've literally heard that sentence a couple different times where people say, yeah, I was seeing your artwork a couple of years ago and I really didn't understand what you're trying to do. Like it just, I saw these, I mean, it was cool. It was bright colors and everything, but I didn't know where you were trying to take it and where and who would be okay with you doing that type of artwork there. So it, it can take some time for people to get on board. And so you're going to be uncool for a while and that's okay. You know, I think it's, it's easier these days to try to do what's cool and try to do what's hip and do what you already see as successful. But at least from my perspective, I'm, I'm trying to do more of a marathon approach to being a mural artist and a, and a painter and a studio artist and trying to try to enable my work to live on longer and not be so trendy, I suppose. Uh, the next question is, do you work a regular job? Well, no. <laughs> Being an artist is not really a regular job. Um, I have worked regular jobs. I've gotten very, very good experience from those regular jobs. Um, I had a corporate graphic design job for about two and a half-ish years out of college doing production design stuff, which was super cool. It was great to work in that environment and, and see kind of how those cogs and that big machine works. Um, I've worked in the restaurant industry, which was <laughs> vastly different than being an artist. But the thing that's good about working in the restaurant industry is you do get to experience working with a vast array of other people. And you all kind of have a common goal of treating customers nicely, helping them have a good customer experience. And even as an artist, all of those things do come into play, at least for me. Um, it's important the experience that somebody has when they're looking at your artwork. How did I get my start? Um, 
Well, I would say I've had a couple family members that are artists, not professionally, but um, you know, my my grandma on my mom's side does a holiday painting every year that she makes into a holiday card and sends it out and it's so cute. It's she usually bases it off of like a snowy scene with like a snowman and like a, a tree in the background and maybe some like night lights and some stars in the sky and like I don't know she she's super sweet and she's really helped myself and a bunch of other artists in the family or I guess hobby artists in the family keep our artistic passions kind of going um she put a bunch of us and my my aunts and uncles into art classes when we were younger with this lady uh, this lady named Donna, who lives on the east side of Indianapolis, she's like, Donna is an OG. Like, she's taught basically our entire family of of kids in elementary school. Um, this is on my mom's side. She She's kind of taught generations art and how to use colors and whatnot. And it, it's been super interesting to see, you know, Donna after all these years, and she's still so positive and she's still so excited to share what she's learned and and provide tips and she's just she's really cool so i've been extremely blessed and extremely extremely privileged to have people in the family who even have time to even consider doing some art and doing some paintings like it it was pretty revolutionary early on in my in my in my life to just see you know hey my my grandma paints really cool stuff and i like painting cool stuff and i can paint cool stuff with her like that's super lucky and I feel like a lot of people are very, very alone in their art path. And I've been extremely blessed to have, you know, my aunt. Uh, I have a couple aunts and uncles who are also artists. Um, so, yeah. Doing art during COVID, um, it's been pretty weird. Not a lot of emails were coming through early on during COVID. I feel like right before um, March, I was having quite a few conversations with different clients, different businesses, getting things going. And, uh, yeah, it's just budgets tightened up. I mean, people definitely got a little bit scared and were wanting to be more careful with their finances and their, their budgets, which totally makes sense. I mean, I, I had to do the same thing. I mean, I'm not really in the business of paying for a lot of artwork personally, but if I was in their position doing that, I would definitely be like, hey, maybe we put this mural project off for a little bit, or maybe we don't buy that painting right now. We wait a little bit. So it's been tricky, but I've been hanging in there. Um, one thing I have enjoyed is doing what I call like dream projects, where I'll find cool pictures of architecture all around the world and Photoshop my own artwork onto these buildings. Like I guess superimpose them on the building make sure the building texture and stuff is in there and then just kind of use those as proof of concepts, which has actually been pretty nice to send to clients and say, Hey, you know, if you're interested in something that looks like this, you know, check it out. And it's, I haven't landed those exact jobs, but they've helped the clients see where my head is at with the process. And then, you know, just join me one step further in approving a project down the line, which has been neat. How do you stay motivated? Um, motivation's weird. I feel like it's kind of a glorified word, too, where people are like, oh, yeah, dude, like, yeah, I'm, I'm motivated, dude. Like, I, I drink coffee, dude, and I just, I get after it, bro. Like, I just make a hat. Like, I don't see motivation that way. I think 
in order to be motivated, you've got to be very real with yourself and know when you're not motivated and sit in that non-motivation mode. Like process it, get it out. If you need to relax, if you need to disassociate, like do something mundane, do the dishes. Like, I don't know. I'm not an expert on motivation by any means, but I do think allow motivation to arrive when it arrives and then ride that wave as much as you can. You know, when you are motivated and you're feeling passionate about something, just stick in it and force as much as you can out. And then it's okay when that fizzles for a little while and it'll eventually come back. But I guess that's my best word of advice is just, you know, pay attention to your inner voice. And when you hear that, you're like, man, I really want to do this. I really want to do that. Like, Take the time, if you can, carve time aside after work or something, and then just try to delve into it a little bit by little. And, um, you know, if you're excited about it, odds are you're going to carve a little bit of time to make it happen. And, you know, don't compare to other people either. You know, like, being an artist for me was not, it's not that I woke up one day and was like, all right, well, today I'm being an artist full time. That ain't how it worked. It was more like, when I was working my other jobs in the back of my head constantly, it was how can I get this work done as fast as possible so that I can put a little bit of brain thought towards this thing I really want to do. And how can I, you know, on lunch break, go and meet with a client or something, you know, aside from my other job, how can I meet with these people to maybe do a job over the weekend? Like if, if your passion can become something that literally lives in your mind and it bounces around all day, then you know you're on to something. You know what matters to you, and, and it's bouncing around, and it, it has a sense of importance that you kind of can't avoid. And if you haven't found that passion, that's okay too. If it's not burning inside and you're overwhelmed with bills and all these other things, that's okay. But when you do have that downtime, listen closely to your like inside voice and see what you can come up with. You know, get a pad of paper, start sketching. Just just listen to the you know. If it's music or something that gets you going or gets you excited or gets you passionate, pay attention to why that music makes you feel like that and then maybe try to reflect that in the form of, you know, something creative. I I don't know. I'm a firm believer in if you just sit alone in a dark room, you're never really going to come up with anything that good. Like you you have to have experiences. You have to like, and, and don't take this as like, I'm telling you this is what has to be done. I mean... I'm new to this stuff as well. I haven't been an artist for that long, especially professionally. I'm, I'm I'm relatively new, still figuring a lot of this stuff out. And as you can probably tell from the podcast, I've been rambling a little bit. But yeah, I would just say have have different experiences. Go out, meet different people, chat with your friends, and, and ask them a lot of questions. I feel like these days a lot of people are kind of like hesitant to ask questions like, oh, what if I, I mean, I don't want to offend him by asking about, you know, how he did that mural or how he got all the way up there for the mural or something. I mean, you're going to come across people that don't want to tell you stuff. Like what I was saying earlier, there's those people that, you know, they're like, oh, a magician never reveals his secrets, <laughs> which I think is a little, I don't know, you, you heard how I feel about that. I mean, but eventually you're going to come across someone who's like, hey, man, thanks for reaching out. Um, in order to do this, I did X and Y and Z or what, you know, they'll tell you different steps and they'll, they'll help you along their way if they're nice and they care. And so that can then put you on the next step towards what, what you're passionate about. 
And it's super important also to, if you have those people who are okay with answering some questions, try not to overwhelm them, I would say, off the jump. Maybe just hit them with a couple questions, and if they seem like they're okay with shedding a little bit of light or answering some questions, um, give them space, and then over time, maybe just develop that relationship little by little. And then eventually, you'll have someone in your corner who's willing to kind of go to bat for you, um, and if you have an issue or a problem, you can hit them up and be like, hey, like, how do I resolve this? And the, you know, you've already had that correspondence. They're going to be like, hey, what you're going to want to do is this. Don't do this. Definitely do this. And you're like, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, having those people who can help you out and even on the client side is like extremely beneficial. You know, a client that's going to go to bat for you and believes in your idea, like those are dream clients. A lot of times you have clients that they have their own set vision of what they want done and it then becomes a dance of you and the client trying to trying to come to terms with an idea you both like you're kind of frankensteining ideas and so it's important when you're having these chats with your client to let them know like hey i don't know it's hard to hard to say it without it coming across kind of pompous but like You got to let the client know that they can trust you and that you have their best interests in mind as well. And, you know, your goal is not to go out and paint something terrible for them uh, that they're they're not going to like and that's going to offend a bunch of people. You know, whether your art is like that and you do that on purpose is your own prerogative. But generally speaking, you want the client to be happy with your end result. So have those hard conversations with your client and let them know you care about what they're doing you want to help them and that you're using your artistic prowess and your in um i guess you can say your gift to try to inspire and uh you know just brighten the day for other people you know sometimes the client just needs to know where your heart's at before they can start to trust you and get behind your ideas um so just having those convos with the client definitely helps um trying to think of anything else if you guys have any ideas of things you'd like for me to touch on, um, definitely shoot them to me. Definitely let me know. Let me know what you think of this podcast. If it's something I should continue doing, let me know. <laughs> if it was terrible and you absolutely hated your experience, let me know. I'd be <laughs> I'd be down to hear it. Um, still super new to this. I don't even really know where this podcast will go in the future or how many of these I'll do, but you know, I've wanted to chat with you guys for a long time, whoever you may be. So yeah, say what's up. Let me know what elements of this podcast so far you enjoyed. And I'll maybe try to keep doing some of those. Uh, yeah. Definitely like me on, well, like me, I would say follow me on Instagram at nick.abstract. You can check out my website at nickabstract.com. Uh, YouTube is Nick Abstract as well. I think I have Facebook too, but I mean, I don't really, I don't really use Facebook. It's there for the people who still use Facebook, but I honestly don't even know the URL to be completely real with you. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. Holler with any questions and let me know what you think. Peace. Peace.